0: Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday, which is actually a Friday this week. Don't forget, uh, no show tomorrow. Um, we're going to be sending uh, uh, Damon Cotton off to uh, Tennessee, uh, where he's going to celebrate his birthday. Um, so happy birthday to Devon! So we're just going to take the day off uh, mañana, and uh, everyone can recuperate a little bit after a whirlwind offseason, including the draft uh, that wrapped up last week. So, uh, But we'll be back at it uh, on Monday, 4 to 6 p.m. You're in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahador. We would love to get uh, your calls uh, 702-365-9200 as we wrap the week up. And uh, one of the things that I that I really want to touch on, and I was kind of looking at the uh, the Raiders. Uh, depth chart is getting into that depth chart. How good do you feel after what's essentially a complete free agency period? There might be a couple of additions here or there, Uh, but the uh, bulk of the heavy work is done. Uh, Obviously, the draft is in the books. Where are you, Raider Nation, in terms of this roster uh, right now? Are you comfortable rolling into training camp as is, are there some um, additions that you'd like to see, some improvements that you'd like to see? Is there any tinkering uh, that you would like to, to see the Raiders do? I know if it's big, small, indifferent, whatever the case might be, subtle, um, you know, crazy, what do you want to see uh, this team do between now and And the start of training camp, and we're going to get into, um, you know, that depth chart. And, again, we'd love to have your thoughts, 702-365-9200. And one of the areas, obviously, um, that I would think is – not necessarily a concern, but certainly a question mark uh, based on what's happened these last couple of years, and that's the secondary. Where are the Raiders right now with their secondary, with those defensive backs? Uh, such a young crew with Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen and Jonathan Abram, uh, and now you bring in Trevon Morig, uh, the, the rookie from TCU. Uh, you signed Casey Hayward a couple of days ago to add veteran um presence, whether he's starting on the outside or maybe starting on the inside, one way or another, he's going to have a big role. Uh, and that's probably going to change also uh, how you know you utilize Damon Arnett. Does Damon Arnett start outside? Does he start in the inside? Some, some questions to ask, which is why uh, I really think it's important for these guys to get into the building during OTAs. And kind of get that solidified or at least figured out somewhat before going into training camp. You'd hate to have some of these lingering questions, some of these bigger questions, have to wait until training camp to get answered. I think ideally for the Raiders uh, and John Gruden and this new defensive coaching staff, they want to get a look at what they have to work with uh, as soon as possible in order to set the menu uh, for what they're going to do in training camp. And part of that is where is Damon Arnett, you know, physically, where is he in terms of the playbook? Uh, How does Jonathan Abram look down in the box uh, at at box safety? How does Casey Hayward fit into it? What's the best option? Is Casey Hayward the best option uh, outside uh, cornerback, or maybe he's better option at slot cornerback or vice versa. Um, It sure would be nice if there was a regular OTA or at least some semblance of an OTA during the spring. Uh, and, and you know, uh, coming up next month in order to really have a better handle on things going into training camp and a number uh, or a big factor, I should say, of that secondary is players just, frankly, being available. Uh, we saw, you know, last year with Damon Arnett, there were injuries, Jonathan Abram, um, you know, because of. COVID-19 and contact tracing and whatnot, you know, there were weeks that would go by where he wasn't even allowed into the building, unfortunately, um, you know, through no fault of his own. It was just what the protocols called for. And he would have to show up on Sunday and play after not practicing for a week. But, you need a, you need to be able to count on players, and and that's something that you know the, the Raiders need to. Uh, it's a hurdle that the Raiders need to clear, especially in that secondary. And Mike Mayock uh, was on today with JT the Brick uh, in the twelve to two uh, hour, and he talked about the defensive backs and the secondary and the importance of those guys being available this year.
1: The reality is. Two things. Availability is the word you used, and that's huge in this industry. You've got to be available. That's number one. And our, some of our defensive backs have not been available. Number two is I'm a big believer in competition. I don't care what position it is, every position. And the more good players you you bring in here, the more the competitor is going to come out of them. And these guys all know, you know, they're 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 at risk. You know, we're going to throw the gauntlet down. We've got a bunch of good young guys out there. We're all going to let them compete, and let's see what happens.
0: That is Raiders General Manager Mike Mayock uh, talking about availability and, you know, um, the importance of guys being on the field. And I'm, I'm going to uh, call up a, uh, a quote here. Um, and I was, I was just looking at this just the other day, actually. it's from Derek Carr, and it was, I believe – The day of, it was it was you know the day that they beat the Denver Broncos. I want to say it's the day that they beat the uh, that that they beat the Denver Broncos to end last season, right? And um, he was talking about that very thing, availability, and um, trying to you know making sure guys are 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 available. And uh, it's it was such an interesting quote. Um, Here it is. Uh, and, and it had to do, I'm gonna read this to you, and it kind of ties into what Mike Mayock was talking about in terms of availability. Sorry, I was trying to uh, buy some time uh, before I found that quote. But this is a really, really interesting question, or excuse me, answer from Derek Carr. I almost forgot about it until I was going through some notes and and, and I remembered this. And he was talking about on what it will take for the team to play its best football at the end of each season. I don't have to remind Raider Nation what's happened in the last two years. Collapses. Uh, last year they were what are they six and three. Uh, they finished eight and eight. You do the math on what they did over those uh, that, that what, last ten games or so. Um, but but Derek Carr, this is what he had to say. All right. Again, the question is on what it will take for the team to play its best football at the end of each season. That's a great question. Derek Carr started off. That's probably a better question for Coach Gruden. He's the mastermind, and he's our leader. For me as a team leader, it really just comes down to, one, we've got to stay healthy. It's hard to do in this league. Things happen. But there are some things you can, that you can do, you can prevent. We always talk about in the NFL taking care of your body. There are some injuries you can prevent by taking care of your body. You have to sacrifice going out, and you have to sacrifice going to bed early. You have to sacrifice some things to make sure you're available all the time. I think there are some guys on our team, and if they're still around, that are going to learn how to sacrifice some things. If we want to go where we want to go, we have to be able to sustain it. We started great the last two seasons, we really have. I would say good, we started really good, but we haven't finished strong. I can almost guarantee you that from here on out, you're going to hear me talk about finish, finish, finish. Coach Gruden is gonna put it up in the facility. Finish, finish, finish. We're going to finish practice and we're gonna finish everything we do. It's going to be something that has to be a point of emphasis for us. When you make things a point of emphasis, especially when you work at them, they get better. I think that's a big thing. Man, I, I, I had to read that a couple of times, and he was really laying it out there. He didn't name any names, but um, there's some guys that are no longer here. Um, I'll tell you that right now. And I think Trent Brown is is who we're primarily talking about in, in terms of that. But there's some young players on the team as well uh, that have to learn how to stay healthy. And, and, and as Derek Carr was talking about, there's things you can do proactively, preventively, in order to put yourself in a better position physically to be better off down the stretch. To avoid, you know, not necessarily avoid injuries. Injuries are going to happen. But there's all there are things that you can do from a sleep standpoint, from a nutritional standpoint. Uh, as he said, it takes sacrifice to do some of the things that you have to do. Being present and engaged in terms of your conditioning, getting into the weight room, listening to what the experts tell you um, you know, on on how to treat your body. The thing is not to do. This is a young team the Raiders are, okay? And it's imperative, imperative, and we've seen these last two years where the Raiders have collapsed, it's imperative Uh, that they do everything possible from their own standpoint, each individual standpoint, to make sure that when it gets down to December, players are available. You're not going to be 100%. Nobody is 100% come December of an NFL season. Long before that, you know, that's out the door. But that makes it even more important to do everything that you can, and to avoid some of the things that you do do, in order to mitigate the natural element of a season that is just a battle of attrition, where you're dealing with physical issues, you're dealing with pain, you're dealing with fatigue. Um, you know, you, but but and that's going to happen regardless. I don't care how good a shape you're in. The football a football season is tough. Any professional season is tough. But what Derek Carr was talking about was there's things players can do to put themselves in a better position to get through the season in as good a shape as possible.
2: Vinny, would you say that this season starts like all this work that you're talking about starts on May 7th through the 9th maybe?
0: I'm saying that it's our. It should have already started. Oh, I mean, wow. OTAs.
2: Starts I mean, but the OTA workouts I see here, May twenty fifth. is Well, when that's they a start. different
0: phase of of OTAs. Um, OTAs are ongoing right now. OTAs started about a week and a half ago.
2: But why should they show up? Am I right?
0: Take it <laughs> I, easy. I know you're. I know you're being facetious right now. Take it easy. So, so um, but but yes, it, you need to be in the building right now. I know your union is telling you one thing; they've got their whole eye on something else. But it absolutely starts right now. And that's, you know, with, with what Derek was talking about in terms of doing what you need to do and sacrificing some of the things that you like to do during the course of the season to put yourself in a better position to be available come later on in the season or any point in the season for that matter – Um, you have to do it. And it does start now. It started a couple of weeks ago. That's why it's encouraging. You know, I'm doing the show here from the facility again. It's encouraging to see all the uh, cars in the players' lot. Uh, Players are here working out in the weight room, working out, um, you know, getting on the field to get agility work done and conditioning work done. Um, So they're being diligent. Uh, I talked to somebody with the Raiders today, and we were talking about, you know, and obviously this is a – well, I shouldn't say obviously, but um, just to let you know, this is somebody that's worked for the Raiders for a long time. And we were talking about how many more players are living here now in Las Vegas year-round as opposed to when they were in the Bay Area. News alert, it costs a lot of money to live in the Bay Area in California in general. And um, obviously these guys make a lot of money, but money goes fast, especially when you're living in a very, very costly uh, area as opposed to – This area, Las Vegas, which I don't know if you read this or know this, but there's definitely a housing surge going on right now. A lot of people from California are moving to Las Vegas for the very reasons I just articulated. It's getting too darn costly to live in California. It's almost it almost doesn't make sense. And soon it's
3: going to be here too.
0: What's that?
2: Soon it's going to be here too.
0: Well, I don't think it's never going to. It's never going to be like it is there. Uh, That's that's not going to happen. Um, and, and it's just, it's nuts what's happening in California. But the point is, I was talking uh, to, to uh, you know, who I, who I had lunch today with uh, from the Raiders. And, you know, we were talking about all the players, how many players have been working out here at the facility. And, um, you know, on a year-round basis, it's not just during OTAs, but at, to the extent that guys are allowed to be in the building, there's a steady flow of guys. There has been all year long so far. And one of the reasons for that is because when they were in Oakland and in the Bay Area, guys would, you know, sometimes just rent uh, their house for um, the duration of the season and then hightail it out to wherever it is that they come from. You know, their hometown or, or, you know, a cheaper place to live where is where they lived year-round. Well, that's not an issue in Las Vegas. It's plenty um, Affordable to live here, especially for a professional athlete without question. I mean, it's like I've talked to people from friends of mine in California who sold small houses for over a million dollars that are able to basically buy three houses here that are really, really nice or just one, you know, palace out here and still have cash left over from their sale in California. It just doesn't make, you know, it's, it's different here. And you see that, um, by how many players are living year round here in Las Vegas and able to get over to the uh, facility on a consistent basis. That's going to, in the, in the long run, um, that's going to be really beneficial uh, for the Raiders because it wasn't always that case in the Bay area. And I know, you know, I, I I was telling, uh, who I had lunch with today, a story about when I worked for the Rams and I was talking to, (laughs) I was talking to one of their rookie players and, um, he was in the locker room after practice and early in the season, and I was like, uh, "So, where, you know, where'd you end up living, you know?" And uh, he's like, "Oh, Woodland Hills, which is in the San Fernando Valley, nice, nice area." I go, oh, "Okay, you know, by yourself? You got some roommates?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I got some roommates." And he goes, "Him, him, him." He pointed like four guys uh, in the locker room, some a bunch of like four or five younger players, all got together and rented a house together in Woodland Hills. So they I'm sure it was a big house. They were bo- they were all able to contribute to rent. But that that shows you what, the situation sometimes in a place like Los Angeles. And these are rookie, young, first, second-year players um, that are trying to hold on to their money, not give it away. And so what they did was they all, you know, uh, became roommates in this big house in Woodland Hills that they rented uh, together. Um, normally, in a great situation like here in Las Vegas, Guys are either renting year round or just buying great homes for um, you know a fraction of the cost compared to where they were coming uh, from in, in 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 Oakland. But you know I digress. I guess the point is, is that um, it's going to help the Raiders in the long run. That they're going to be able to that they're going to have more guys living near their facility on a year round basis. And it is beautiful out here in Henderson. Um, lots to do. Uh, great neighborhoods. Brand new, everything looks clean and new, and it's just—it's really cool, and uh, it's a—it's a great place to live. Okay, uh, and so so over the over the next few years, um, that's going to really benefit the Raiders because they're going to be able to be have guys in the building, you know, on a year-round basis, um, and and really getting the work in. With their coach, or not the coaches, but the strength and conditioning coach, the nutritionist, they're going to have world-class facilities here, obviously, and, and uh, so it's it's that's going to work, and maybe that'll help uh, down the stretch. As Derek Carr said, uh, guys being more diligent in terms of getting through a, a season. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Madro uh, is on the line, and he wants to talk about those late late season collapses.
3: You know, um, actually, in all my calls, you kind of gather that I'm pretty much a big Raider guy. And um, although I'm not a gambling guy, I will say and I'm prefacing this just to let people know what I'm about to say isn't hopefully doomsday. But I'm about to put a big chunk of money on the Raiders over wins because I honestly believe that this team is prime for not just getting to the playoffs, but making a pretty good run, and if they get lucky, going even further. But that said, I, I love John Gruden. I did for the first time out. But, you know, these collapses, we talk about the last two years, and I'm sure you're aware that in um, Gruden's career, November to December are two different stories, and I mean for the whole career. In November, he is 32 and 24 in his coaching career in the NFL. In December, he's 23 and 39. Even in the first stint with the Raiders, which was, you know, really kinda cool. It was a love affair up in Oakland, no doubt about it. But in his last year, you know, he was seven and three, um, with Gannon and quarterback. I mean, they were just looking phenomenal and they ended the season one and five. So it was an eight and eight season. Um it was crazy, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, there, there
0: go. I, I totally totally understand. There were good years where they started strong and, and finished strong. Um, oh, you absolutely. Know. So, yeah. which gives you hope that it's not, you know, something that's just going, like he's never been able to figure out. He's definitely been able to to figure it out. And, and you know, there's been a combination of things that have happened these last couple of years specifically. One was just, you know, a talent level, uh, number one. Uh, that 2019 team, you know, I remember. I, I've, I've said this many times. I, I, I came aboard, uh, t- uh, basically November, like middle of November or so. Um, you know, covering the Raiders, and so I had been watching, I'd been covering the Rams up until that point, so I was just knee deep in Rams, kind of peripherally watching the Raiders, and I saw that they had jumped out to a pretty good record. Um, you know, and then and then uh, I get here or, or up there in Oakland. And I, I literally drove up from Los Angeles to Oakland the day that they played the Cincinnati Bengals uh, at home. I was able to get to my hotel and put on the game and watch the game. And I'm looking at this team and they're struggling. They ended up winning against the Cincinnati Bengals, but I, I was looking at this team going, "This is a, this is an okay team. It's not." I could kind of tell that this is not. We'll see if they can sustain it this year. <laughs> you know, like I'm seeing plenty of holes on this team. And then sure enough, you know, they collapsed. There were some injuries. Uh, I think by the time I got here, Trent Brown was no longer um, on, you know, he was, he'd, he'd, he'd wrapped up uh, with a pictorial injury. There were some other players that, that, that had gotten hurt. So I, I just, I didn't like the makeup of that team. It was not a very complete team. There were definitely issues defensively. To me, their linebackers weren't defending anybody. The secondary was not very good. So I'm looking in 2019 as more of a, the talent caught up to them and they probably had some injuries too. It just, You know, they weren't a good team, all right? And then last year, I think, um, I thought their offense was tremendous. And I thought their offense played fairly well pole to pole. There was one bad game. It was against the Atlanta Falcons. We all saw that. But otherwise... You know, you're not going to get 35 points a game every single game. You're not going to get 30 points a game. Sometimes, you know, the other team's got your number. Sometimes it's just not working out, whatever the case might be. Uh, So there are going to be games for whoever you're talking about where it's probably going to be – a little bit of a struggle. Uh, that's where you need to be a complete team and have a defense that can pick up the offense every once in a while, and the offense definitely picking up the defense every once in a while. Well, last year, it was just the offense picking up the defense time and time and time and time again. And when the offense couldn't, they lost. Um, and Because and they were not getting much help from the defense. I think last year, it was a little bit less about talent more about injuries and more about kind of youth. They just weren't ready defensively. I think this year, they're as complete a team as the Raiders have been under John Gruden. Uh, If they stay healthy, and um, we're talking about what Derek Carr said, if they stay healthy, then I don't think that there's any reason why they should be having any kind of a collapse uh, down the stretch. I think there's too much talent defensively. I think some of that talent has grown up, and they need to be on the field, and if they are, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. I'd be shocked if they weren't. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver. How are you doing, Raider Dave?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm tired of hearing all the Rogers talk up here on the radio, so I'm glad it's later in the day and we can get you. I wish you were on tomorrow, but I understand. So happy birthday to Cotton, and uh, I guess we'll catch you next Monday. But I wanted you to get on a couple of things that maybe Raider Nation, and specifically myself, don't know. One, do the Raiders have 90 players? And is that the amount that you can't exceed for your uh, preseason work, like from now until August? And two, with these guys working out, uh, Carr has posted a couple of videos where he's throwing to some of the receivers. Um, it looks to me that, you know, guys aren't stretching out for the ball. He's not leading them. They're kind of coming in sort of soft. So I think that's there's a reason for that. It, obviously, they don't want to uh, be – torching their ankles and stuff and getting hurt or whatever but I would think that with those workouts uh, there would be other workouts where they would be in the facility too so I was just a little bit curious of what you may know of a couple of those things and the other thing that people need to understand and realize is field position and it's a game of inches and the Raiders never really had great field position last year And when they did get something good out of the special teams, it got called back by a penalty, Renfro's TD. So one of those things is going to be helped quite a bit with the receiver, Brown. He was very uh, good at at returning kicks. So hopefully uh, the special teams will help out field position, and the defense with a few turnovers can also help out with field position. Thanks.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Raider Dave. Really appreciate it. No, no question about it. They got to get some turnover. They Mike Mac talked about this last week. Uh, it was a double whammy defensively. They couldn't get to the quarterback. Um, I think I counted 14 sacks by the defensive line. That's almost embarrassing, to be honest with you. 21 overall. That's embarrassing. All right, they got to get to the quarterback more often. They got to create real. Um, pressure on the quarterback more often. And I think it was 15 turnovers that they forced last year. That's equally embarrassing. You can't have that. That's just – you. It, it, it's bad enough with one or the other. But when it's both, that's a death knell defensively. You're not going to – that's why you, they're giving up 30 points a game. And by the way, I'd have to look back on it. But they. And this is just uh, me going off the top of my head – um, you know, covering it last year, they weren't that good on third downs either, getting teams off the field. So there's your three strikes, you're out defensively. They have to get to the quarterback. They have to force turnovers. They have to get teams off the field on third down. If they can square those three things away, we're having a different conversation. Now, can they? We're going to find out. They're going to get out on the grass here pretty soon and, and get it all figured out. But if they can get those three areas, To an average level, an acceptable level, you're having a different conversation about this Raiders team. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle, with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor, on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsonier. brought to you by Tequila Embajador. by the way it's getting hot here in Las Vegas um, you know moved here about a year ago uh, from California and it gets hot in California don't know don't, don't ever mistake that it gets hot Uh, in in, in California, but man, it gets really hot here. So kind of bracing for another summer. Uh, I think I'm ready. Uh, You got to deal with it. And uh, I know uh, our next guest, uh, Kelsey Plum uh, from San Diego, California, by the way, Uh, one of the most, if you haven't been to San Diego, Get to San Diego, all right? It's one of the most beautiful places on the face of the earth. I don't care, country, Italy, California, or United States, wherever, San Diego is is, is right up there. So, And she knows about heat, I'm sure, but this is a different kind of heat. And of course, I'm talking about Kelsey Plum uh, from the Las Vegas Aces, and we're so happy to have her not just here with us in the huddle, and by the way, hello, Kelsey, how are you doing?
4: I'm great. How are you?
0: Do we have Kelsey?
4: Hello? Hello? Hey,
0: Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey. This is Vinny. How are you doing?
4: Hey. I got you. Great. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Absolutely. And I say we're happy to have you not just here in the huddle with us today, but just have you here, period, because everybody missed you last year, and we're going to get into that coming back off of a... an Achilles uh, injury that that uh, you know completely uh, cut down, sabotaged your twenty twenty season. And so, first off, how are you feeling, and um, where are you with the uh, with the injury? Hopefully, that's just completely behind you.
4: Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, you know, I'm doing really great. I'm doing really well. That's not proper. That's not proper. <laughs>
2: I'm
4: doing really well. Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm I, i about ten and a half months out and I'm um, full go, no restrictions. Um, you know, still trying to find a rhythm and stuff like that, but we're in the middle of training camp. And, you know, first game's not too far away, so excited for this season.
0: You know, I've covered professional sports for a long time, and and injuries are a very tricky and interesting thing. Uh, It's not just a physical situation, uh, although it is, obviously, but there's a mental side um, to to injuries as well. Not just whatever surgery is needed, the rehabilitation, which is a grind, um, but then getting to the point where you are right now where – you know, uh, okay, it's cool, you can rip it, you can let it go uh, 100%. And every athlete that I've ever talked to says, yeah, I'm not going to think about it when I get out there. But you think about it when you get out there. And so there's the there's the battle of trying not to think about it, number one, but then also number two, trying to differentiate between the natural pain that professional athletes deal with all the time. And okay, that's the regular, that's almost the good pain. That's not the kind of pain that I need to be worried about mm-hmm. right now. Are you kind of going through that process a little bit?
4: For sure. I think exactly what you just said, just you have to push yourself you know, to limits. Um, but then at the same time, you have to be smart and kind of understand your body. And this whole process has been really good for me because I think before I had never really been seriously injured. So I just kind of was like non full go I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good, until I wasn't. And, um, you know, I think I've learned a ton in this process about, you know, recovery and taking care of myself, and it's okay to, you know, take a break sometimes and uh, listen to your body. Um, But, listen, when I'm in there, I've been off for, like I said, ten and a half months, so I'm so so excited to be back. Um, Sometimes I forget. Sometimes the trainers have to pull me off and say, let's take this one off or let's take this rep off, but... um, you know, I'm a competitor and I love to play basketball. So me being out there is like the greatest thing. Uh
0: we're talking to uh, Kelsey uh, Plum from the Las Vegas Aces, uh the NCAA single season and career scoring leader out of the great University of Washington, love Seattle. Uh number one overall pick in twenty seventeen, tremendous rookie year. Uh um and and just somebody that we missed last year, especially when it got down to crunch time uh, in the WNBA finals. Uh, One more question about the injury and about that. Um, How much did it kill you um, having to watch? Uh, That's got to be one of the toughest, another mental challenge that you have to sort of, you know, just deal with. But how how frustrating was it not being able to be out there with your teammates uh, at that stage of the season?
4: It was so tough watching. I mean, credit to our team and the way that we battled all year Um, and getting to that point, you know, the bubble wasn't an easy environment, you know, a lot of like mental health and, and uh, time, time away from your family and friends isn't, isn't easy to perform. Right. So I just, I was super proud watching my team and um, you know, they, they would call me, they would check in with me, um, which is really cool, you know, to feel like I was a part of that process. But um, yeah, I mean, sitting on the sitting, you know, on the couch with your leg up watching Sue Bird and the Seattle Storm win the WNBA championship um, yeah. is just not something that, you know, I want to ever do again. So I think it's going to be um, a new season this year. And I think that our team is back. We have a ton, ton of weapons. So hopefully it'll be different.
0: You know one of the things that I always respect about great organizations is uh, even at the highest point, and there's no question, uh, the Aces got to the highest point. They didn't close the deal. Um, uh, but they got to you know the highest point of of, of that of, 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 of your league. But not resting on those laurels, not being content with that, not being satisfied with that. And I say that because when you look at what your organization did this offseason in bringing in Chelsea Gray uh, and bringing in uh, Raquana Williams, the understanding that or the self-awareness as well that, hey, you know, we're close, but we're not there yet. And we're, we're going to make sure or do the best we can to make sure if we get back, we're going to be in a much better position. When you're watching the offseason unfold and the in- investments and the commitment that this organization made to get better and not just stand pat, um, I would imagine that, that, that that's probably a pretty good feeling um, w- when you're working and with an organization like that.
4: Absolutely. Um, I think that from the jump, since we've moved uh, from San Antonio, uh, this organization has had a goal to, you know, bring the first championship to Las Vegas. And I think everyone takes that extremely seriously. So, um, you know, anything we can to acquire the best assets in the offseason just continues to help us. Right. And I think when you look around the WNBA and you see some of these teams, I mean, Chicago's added Candace Parker and Seattle's always been loaded, right? The Mystics have people. Um, you know, don't forget about Phoenix with Brittany and Diana Chirazi and all of them. So I think there's so many teams that have so many weapons. In order to compete consistently day in and day out, you need a deep team. You need a great starting five, you need a bench. And I think that the roles on the team will change throughout the season. I think we have so much depth and so much talent that Game to game, it'll not always be the same. You know, combination of players that are, uh, you know, hot or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, the common goal is to win, and that's why we're here.
0: We're talking to Kelsey Plum from the Las Vegas Aces. There's always challenges to that too. Um, you know, it's a new team, and no team is the same from one year to the next. I've never seen that. And- uh, going back to your high school career, I'm sure it's never been the same. It's always changeover, always new additions. You're always trying to incorporate new players and make up for the loss of others. Uh, so there is a challenge each year. It starts anew, and in this case, um, you know, with with the Aces bringing in uh, some 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 new additions through free agency, it just pronounces that. Process. And I know we're not going to probably know until for a little while, although that season is rapidly approaching, but you've gotten a feel for it a little bit at least, um, you know, in training camp and a scrimmage. Uh, how do you feel that process is coming along to the extent that it has already?
4: It's definitely coming along. I mean, I think that, like you said, we're still in training camp a little early, but uh, there's not a lot of time before the first regular season game. We tip off May 15th. Um, we actually played a storm, which is really cool. Um, but I think above all, it's about building chemistry, right? You can have great players and, uh, you can have a ton of talent, but it's really about putting it together. That doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen within a week. Uh, so it's just chipping away, chipping away, finding each other, seeing what people like, seeing how well people play together, uh, finding different combinations, uh, that work, Um, it's a process. And so, you know, I think that it's so funny. I, I, I was watching this season. Um, you know, I hate to say it on Raiders radio, but, uh, (laughs) you know, people, I think a lot of times doubted the Buccaneers and doubted, uh, their chemistry and had a lot of concern. Um, but they, they put it together when it mattered. And so I think that when you do that, everyone forgets about the narratives in the preseason or week four, you know? So I think that our main focus is on the big, the big picture and we'll, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, and seasons are long, um, and they're a grind, and they they, they go through some, you know, uh, trials and tribulations and peaks and valleys. And like you said, it's the, it's imperative, the or the or the most important factor is to be ready and to be playing your best when the best counts. That's what the Sparks did, or excuse me, the uh, Aces did last year, and you found yourself in the uh, in the WNBA Finals. And hopefully, that's going to be the case again uh, this year. I know Chelsea hasn't practiced with you guys yet, um, which. Protocols still exist. Uh, unfortunately, we're still kind of putting uh, COVID behind mm-hmm. us. Uh, what are you hoping to see uh, when, when Chelsea gets on the court with you guys? I think she starts practice tomorrow, right?
4: Yeah, um, you know Chelsea's a competitor and Chelsea's a winner, so it's really it's really good to have somebody in our locker room with experience. They've won championships before. They understand big moments, uh, and you know she made a move to Vegas because she wanted to win. So. Uh, again a common goal is really the most important thing here and I mean she's one of the best guards in the league and uh, I mean we're excited we're excited to uh, put all the pieces together
0: We're talking to Kelsey Plum uh, from the Las Vegas Aces uh, alright so you guys are kind of joined at the hip now with the with the Raiders you're owned by the same owner Mark Davis who uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, put his money where his heart was um, is a you know, huge believer in the WNBA as we all are and um, there's a, I'm here at the practice facility right now. There's a, a new practice facility for the Aces being built right next door. Um, what, and that's got to be pretty exciting, um, knowing the investment, knowing the care, knowing the commitment um, it, and the lengths that, that they're going to put you guys in the best possible position to succeed. Um, what are your impressions so far of new ownership and the commitment that they're already kind of showing right now?
4: Oh, gosh. When, you know, we got the news that uh, Mr. Davis, uh, you know, bought us and we kind of switched over to um, the whole Raiders family. I mean, it's just a lot of joy and excitement because we know that um, really it starts with the investment at the top and it starts with people um, buying in and believing in us. And, you know, MGM had that same uh, mission and they they did a phenomenal job. And, you know, we just have someone take over that uh, wants us to win. Wants to invest in women's sports. Believes in us. Um, you know that's that's how you become successful. That's how you win championships. So, we're really excited to um, be a part of this family. And uh, man, listen, we're we're hungry. We're ready. We're hungry. And I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun for the fans.
0: Yeah, and last question for you. I was going to ask you about the fans. Uh, I know there was the uh, the bubble last year, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't ever want to go through anything like that again across all sports and leagues and and, and everything. Uh, let's just forget about all that nonsense. Uh, but the fans, hopefully, are going to be uh, back uh, behind you guys, uh, you know, uh, in person, and uh, hopefully, you know, sooner rather than later, you're going to be able to get as many as you can. Um, in there, you know, forget no more protocols and things like that. Uh, how excited are, are, are you um, to, to, to welcome the fans back in a big way and to be able to interact with the fans again? Uh, and and also, this market in Las Vegas, what are your kind of impressions so far of being here, um, living here now, and, and being part of this community?
4: Oh, gosh. I mean, Vegas loves its basketball, right? I think they love our sp- sports, but... Basketball, and I think they love women's basketball, and so it's been really cool to see uh, not only a great fan base, but it continues to grow. You know, from the first year that we were here, now this is technically I say the third because last season was in the bubble. Right. Um, but who knows how many fans will be allowed to have in the seats, and uh, whether that's you know two hundred or two thousand or ten thousand. We know that those fans are going to make a difference for us, and uh, you know I think that the toughest place to play has been Vegas. Um, you know, not, not this past year, but the year before. Uh, we packed the house. And I just think that hopefully with the COVID protocols and all that stuff, uh, it can continue to grow. And, um, you know, I know we're going to have a lot of national televised games. I know we're going to have a lot of big games. Um, so the community and the support has just been phenomenal. And uh, that's why it makes, it makes this place, place so special.
0: Absolutely. The pride of Poway, California, uh, Country Day High School in La Jolla, which that speaks for La Jolla. That's just breathtaking. Uh, La Jolla. And of course, the University of Washington and now the Las <laughs> Vegas Aces. Uh, Kelsey, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Good luck. Continue to stay healthy. Can't wait to see you guys out on the, uh, out on the court uh, here very soon. Uh, and good luck this year. Really appreciate it.
4: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: You got it. You got it. That was Kelsey Plum from the Las Vegas Aces. We can't wait to see the Aces uh, out on the court, and it's coming rapidly, coming, uh, and and hopefully, like like Kelsey said, uh, you know, as many fans as possible are going to be allowed uh, in the arena to welcome them back. Uh, I think we're all excited. We saw the draft last week, uh, where, where fans were a big part of it. You look, um, you know, across the baseball. Um, basketball is, is welcoming back fans in the NBA, and hopefully the NBA, or WNBA uh, is going to be able to follow suit. Uh, it's time for the fans to get back into this experience because they were sorely, sorely missed this past year. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and butter. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Wait. Our thanks once again to Kelsey Plum from the... uh Las Vegas Aces. Sorry, I was reading a text right here. Uh, It's hard coming back from an injury, um, but, you know, the best best tonic is just to get out there um, and prove to yourself that you're okay, that you're beyond it. Um, But, you know, I've talked to, you know, every basketball, baseball, football, uh, there's a mental challenge to to overcoming it. Uh, in Every step along the way, just being able to get yourself out of bed when there's no – and work out, like do your rehab when there's no um, reward, like immediate reward. Uh, you know, you, when you're in season, yeah, you practice in the NFL, you know, uh, throughout the week, but there's a reward on Sundays. You know, when you're in the NBA, you practice, but there's always going to be that reward, you know, on game day. Same with, you know, baseball. There's always a reward. Uh, but when you're by yourself with your trainer – um, the team is wherever the team might be, and and you're back home, um, or or you know alone, and you know working out and, and rehabbing and all of that type of stuff. It's a mental drain, and you have to keep at it. Um, you have to keep working at it, even though you're not getting that immediate um, reward for it. And then when you do come back, uh, again. Just being able to clear that mental hurdle of, oh, wait, 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 no, oh, you know, like you're always going to be some – there's always going to be some physical issue that you're dealing with it and separating, you know, pain or or natural aches and pains um, from the injury that you're trying to, you know, get back from. And it's it, it takes a little while. So uh, all of our best – uh, to Kelsey um, in, in, in doing that, because Ace is, without question, uh, neither leader uh, out there. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Mitch from New Jersey is on the line. How you doing, Mitch? Hey, how are you doing, Vinny? I I'm doing good, thanks.
2: Little, uh, yeah, you always uh, always keeping busy.
0: Yeah, so absolutely. California
2: boy. California yep. boy, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't hot enough for you, in L.A. You had to move to Vegas. That's good.
0: Just yeah, and go I lived in the I lived in the San Fernando Valley, so it got hot, but it gets hotter here for a more prolonged period of time. But make no mistake, it gets hot in California.
2: I lived in Tarzana. Oh, in LA, nice. Yeah. For a couple yeah. of years, I can remember the address. Was my aunt eighteen four hundred six Hatteras. Right I know where it, Hatteras it, is. Oh control. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I know where Hatteras is. I
2: love. I just love driving here. Don't tell anybody. I went on my honeymoon. I went on my honeymoon tw- uh, like twice. Ah. I mean, it was kind of selfish too. I just love driving though. But you know, went Santa Barbara, Pasadena.
0: Of course, Never
2: made it to you. yeah. But I love driving. those so special. I almost got myself killed on the mall. I'm a Holland driver. Back out, I always went down a cliff. But,
0: oh um, man, you got to be careful on Mulholland.
2: Definitely, and you can't get the whole part of my home on the valley side. You really need a dirt bike, but then you got to worry about the coyotes
0: Yes, and the mountain, the mountain. So the the, the the canyon roads, and anyone from LA knows what I'm talking about. Laurel Canyon to Panga Canyon, those are fun oh, rides cutting through. That. Yeah, and a lot of history there too. A lot of great mu- on Laurel Canyon. Uh, there are a tremendous amount mm-hmm. of musicians that lived, uh, you know, off of Laurel Canyon. And for, there was something in the water and maybe something in some other things <laughs> that you intake. Uh, but anyway, um, there was a lot of creativity uh, over there in Laurel Canyon. The, that L.A. music scene um, really resonated right in that area. And uh, so good memories and a great drive, beautiful drive.
2: I, I, I love the music that started that decade at times. The 69, I don't want to mention it, but that kind of killed it. You know, The yeah. yeah, uh, by the Beach Boys.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: Uh, Benedict Canyon, yeah, driver. But I always see it on in the shows. I watched like AM Twelve, just for you know I'm going <laughs> back to work in a week and a half. But, uh, I wanted to say any of the new eight Raiders. I know that guaranteed contracts. You know, the be on the team. Have they taken the numbers below twenty? I'm, I'm really referring to the defensive backs, and we didn't draft running back. Did we uh, get wide receiver? Maybe. Well, I'm you know I'm, I'm big with the numbers, and um, Aaron Rodgers. I know he has the leverage but has that effect if the Rays will make a trade with Green Bay. Green Bay, the Packers themselves don't have leverage. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has the upper hand. But has that effect. I, I want to see the Rays get fleeced, and we want to being so close yet so far. Right. And I'll listen to you answer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, yeah, he no has gu- the
0: re- leverage, but not Green Bay. Right, right. No question about it. And thanks for the call, Mitch. Um, yeah, you, you definitely have to uh, weigh, um, you know, if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, first of all, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes knocking. You're going to listen, and you're going to f- try to figure out what it takes. Uh, but there is a, a balance there. You can't give up everything to go get Aaron Rodgers at 37 years old, and um, you know. So you have to be confident enough to say, you know, we're out. Thanks, but we're out. And and you know, I, I'm not one to be dealing in fear. So, you know, if I'm the Raiders, I'm not going to be freaking out uh, if he ends up with the, with the, you know, Denver Broncos, if he ends up with the Denver Broncos, he's just another quarterback that you have to try to go figure out how to beat. That's it. You know? Um, So that would be part of the challenge, but you can't, sabotage your future uh, by giving up way too much for an Aaron Rodgers. Now, if it makes sense, that's a whole other story. But um, and, and I'm sure the Raiders are doing their due diligence. So we'll see where where all of that goes. Um, but if not, um, I know that there's confidence in Derek Carr. He's not been the problem uh, here these last few years. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's among the top 10, 11 best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's more than capable enough to get them to the playoffs. He needs defensive help. Period. Uh, there isn't a quarterback in the league, good quarterback in the league, uh, that's played with as bad a defense as, you know, Derek Carr has had to play with consistently over the course of his career. So we'll see if that changes. And if it does, then it's on Derek to make sure that uh, that offense is playing well enough um, to, to take advantage now of, of a better defense. I don't know where the Raiders' defense is going to be statistically. It's too soon to tell. But they've made improvements, so you figure – or they've made additions. And on paper, they've improved. By how much? We're going to see. But uh, I think it's going to be considerably better. It's got to be considerably better. better, And I think it it will be uh, next year. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Baccar.